the week in racing. It's time to recap it. And who better to do it than Michael New Magic? Two bros slash pros who cover the highs and lows of racing around the globe on every one of their shows. Real fans look forward to these guys and their last thoughts because they know they're not talking out of their royal ascot. What they say makes sense. So ladies and gents, sit back and relax as Blinkers Off presents The Magic Mike Show. Where you hear the experts speak. The Magic Mike Show. Tune into the show every week. The Magic Mike Show. You can trust the show is the bomb because it's being brought to you by RacingDudes.com. Good afternoon, good evening, good morning. Thank you so much for joining us. Magic Mike Show, episode 377. Mr. Samich. What's going on, man? There's no huzzah. Where's my huzzah? I thought I was supposed to. I'm magic and I'm Mike. We didn't do that. Oh, shoot. I'm sorry. Yeah, we're all thrown really off. I'm all thrown off today. Out. Your internet is still throwing me off, man. I swear it is not me. It's your internet. You go figure it wow, out. You just froze on me, man. You froze at the intro and then okay. you froze on the screen. So it's going to be up to the people in the chat because we both think that we are fine and the other one is screwed up. So in the chat, tell us which one of us is, is more screwy here. We'll figure it out. But anyways, what's up, everybody? I'm Magic. And I'm Mike. And this is the Magic Mike Show, episode 377, Mr. Samich. Huzzah! That's better. Uh, hey, we are back, and we are we're looking at Lone Star on Memorial Day on Monday. Huge card, pick five, and it's a lot of races, so we're going to jump into it pretty quickly. You feeling pretty good today? I'm feeling great, man. This is like the first day that I'm feeling like back to myself after the last two weeks of this this ridiculous COVID stuff, which is absolutely nutty. Davey, you're wrong. Magic is the blurry one. My internet is wonderful. Um, so it, it's I'm, I'm excited to like actually feel like myself. That game last night was ridiculous. That Blues game, I don't know if anyone saw it. That was just wild to see how that went down. Now we've got game six back in, back in St. Louis on Friday. And if we can somehow pull that out, I kind of like our chances in game seven because I think Colorado's going to and I'm excited to go back to Lone Star, man. I haven't been there for a year. Uh, it has been absolutely wonderful down there. Like, I, I had a great time last year. Awesome environment. It's an only live tournament, so it's everyone in the room. It's just, I'm, I'm pumped up, man. I guess my internet sucks, which is kind of sad. <laughs> Oops, there we go. It's okay. Listen, it's all right. We'll, uh, we'll get through this together. Uh, Lone Star, it's, you know what? This is, this is about as muddy as Lone Star was for you last year. Uh, when you went, I actually have a better memory probably of that day specifically than you do because it was my first time since the pandemic of being back at a racetrack. I was at Santa Anita with Geist and his family, and hey, it was wonderful to see them and meet his uh, meet his family. But um, also, that was uh, just it was nice to be back out and uh, hang out with the Little Red Feather Suites. So uh, hey, listen, at least you sound good because you finally have a mic cord again, right? Yeah, I mean, I, I decided to not rely on one Aaron Halterman and just went out and bought my own because he is now in Las Vegas and we are two and a half weeks later and still has not sent my mic cord. So I give up. I spent the $9. We now have good audio. Yeah, at this point, it's going to be another week before we hear back from Aaron because then he's got to recover from his week of wrestling. But hey, all right. Like I said, we have... Lone Star Park, Monday, May 30th, the pick five, the late pick five with a 15% takeout. Is that right? Yeah. So we're deciding to do this because the pick four has a bigger takeout. We could have done the pick six, which is 12% takeout. It's a 50 cent bet, but the pool is not that big. We don't want to blow it up. So this is going to be a nice big pool. I'm expecting, you know, three, $400,000. It's going to be a big pool for Lone Star. Uh, should be a great one to play. 15% takeout. A lot of competitive races. You can try and play some favorites, beat some favorites. I think we're going to do a little bit of both. So let's do it, baby. And uh, we have some a lot of similarities here, so maybe we'll be able to do a pick five in an hour after all. Let's get into it. Riders up. All right, Mike, like I said, we uh, we have a lot of agreement, at least until the final leg there. But, uh, hey, let's start things off here with perfect agreement kicking off the All-Stakes Late Pick 5 at Lone Star Park Race 8. This is the Memorial Day Sprint for eight older fem- uh, Phillies and Marys going six furlongs on the dirt. Your top – or I'm sorry, my top pick here is the defending champion and number five Iris Rose at five to two. I'm going to do something fun. We're going to do the Asmussen Elliott Watch. Every race, I'll tell you where they're at together and whether we're using them or not. Uh, they're on the six-horse Calypso, who's the 7-5 to five favorite, former Baffert trainee, and neither of us are touching her. 
Yeah, I mean, this this was one of those spots where I thought you either kind of had to just believe in Calypso. Uh, coming out of a tough race in the Madison, a grade one over at Keeneland. Uh, it was the first time out of the Aspenson Barn. The races prior to that are good enough to win this, but not necessarily dominate the field and definitely not be a seven to five favorite. So right out of the gate, I felt like you're either singling this favorite or you're trying to beat it. I felt like the more prudent move where he was trying to beat Calypso, especially at that seven to five number. Um, so I'm going to I'm going to go too deep. And I, I think we actually had full agreement here. Our Iris Rose was actually my top pick in this spot as well. Um, there's enough races that you can point back to where I think she is better than most of this field. I think she gets the lead, which I think is a big part of this, has the mm -hmm. highest early time form number, the fastest Equinage speed figure. Uh, and if she can get to the front, I think she gets really, really dangerous. I love those races, two and three back. She's been successful at Lone Star. Um, she had, that, that race at Sunland was really nice, two back. And Fincher is one of the trainers that I absolutely love at Lone Star Park and at Sam Houston. He is excellent, places his horses very well. He wouldn't put this horse in here unless he thought our iris rose was sitting on a big one so i'm gonna go ahead and uh, and hope that fincher properly placed her and that, that she's able to get it home although i do like one other horse and that's the one becca's road rocket do you want to talk a little about becca's rocket yeah iris rose i'll touch on her real quick iris rose the legendary breeding and aaron's in the chat so i definitely have to bring this up but she is a full sister to runaway ghost and a half to senior buscador and a horse named sheriff brown and remember that name because he is actually going to come up later here but yeah she's four for nine at the distance Sorry, i'm gonna have a seat here four for nine at the distance uh four seconds never off the board at this six furlong distance. So I love it here. Becca's rocket to me, if the pace collapses, if Iris Rose uh, is challenged up front and isn't able to hold on, Mike, I think this horse is going to be flying. And with the blinkers, I don't think she's going to be super far back. I think she's going to be in a better position saving ground and hopefully from the rail draw Mike doesn't get pinched too far back. If she can be kind of mid-pack and the pace starts to fall apart, Becca's rocket to me, she's flying. I 100% agree. I think I think she's the one that logically makes sense to pick up the pieces. I love the fact that we get Lane Leslie aboard. He is one of, if not the best, jockey uh, in this Texas circuit. So I think that's a huge positive. Um, I, I don't mind the barn switch here. It's it's from Scott Gellner, 17%, to I believe it's his wife, Jade Gellner, who is 25% currently at Lone Star, 20% overall. Uh, the works have been absolutely solid. I don't think this horse has, you have anything to worry about the horse taking a step backward. And on top of that, to me, this is one of those like logical improvement spots where you have the horse who was running against what I would actually call better horses. I mean, Pauline's Pearl, Golden Curl, Tubac, Chitara, uh, Euphoric, last time out. Mm -hmm. This is a drop in class for the one. This is also third time as a four-year-old, but it's first off the layoffs, mid in the four-year-old season. I wouldn't be shocked if you see a career best effort here from Becca's Rocket. And again, I love the fact that Luzzy takes them out. So I think the one at four to one is the horse that's, that's kind of the overlay. I'm hoping that our Iris Rose is the best of the speed. Becca's Rocket's the one that's closing. And we just got that with the, the one photo finishes out, out noses the five at the wire. We get a little bit bigger price on to kick this thing off. Real quick, let's talk about Calypso. Neither of us user here, and, and I don't like the price. Um, and, you know, second time Asmussen, but uh, there will be some discussion until we see otherwise. Mike, whenever horses leave Bob Baffert's barn, they have not been doing well, uh, hardly at all. So you do have a case here, Calypso. Now second time starting for Asmussen, and this is a, a huge class drop from what she faced. Last time, six furlongs is probably a better distance for her. Uh, she did break her maiden in a stakes at this distance. That is worth noting. Uh, for me, it was a combination of the price, and I just think that she's going backwards, whereas the other short price here, our, our Iris Rose, is such a hard name to say, uh, is going uh, on an upward trend. So for me, it was a combination of those two things. Um, if, if you were going to trust one trainer to take over a Baffert horse and keep it maintained, it's probably someone like Asmussen, but that's why I left Calypso out. How about you? Yeah, I mean, for me, the, the first thing is I, I like it seems like she wants seven furlongs or a mile. That's where most of her races have been at. So we might be just a wee bit short here for her. Um, it's interesting. This is going to be first time Lasix, which is kind of crazy uh, this late in her career. It's but crazy, it's first time yeah. Lasix for her. So I, we'll see if that makes a difference. My biggest issue really is that the one buyer number that makes her like a seven to five favorite would be that Santa Monica two back where she gets a 94 buyer. Outside of that, she's like the fourth or fifth best horse in this race. And in that race, you had Merneath and CC. I feel like that's an inflated buyer because it's really an outlier for her. So if you draw a line through her best race, which I think is a logical thing to do in this spot, all of a sudden, the rest of her form puts her like five to one in this field. And you're sitting on seven to five because the morning line is seven to five, because it's Asmussen, because you're coming out of the grade one Madison, because you've had success in California. I believe that seven to five price is going to be pretty accurate. And you combine all of those things. And it's just, for me, it's way too short for a horse that has too many question marks. She could easily air this field. Don't get me wrong. 
But at the price that you're seeing, I just don't think there's very much value in using her. And like I'm using a favorite as a single later, so I'm I'm going to try and avoid the favorite here. So for me, it's it's one of those spots where if I went three deep, I would actually go to the four horse skinny dip right to the inside versus the six horse calypso because I think you're again getting a little bit better of a price with, with a horse that has a little bit more of a chance. You're on mute, Magic. Sorry about that. I was typing. I didn't want to make it. Uh, Calypso, I was doing some research on this. Uh, she did win the La Brea, a grade one, last year. Uh, usually that's a race that produces big horses. That was a really slow race. How slow was it? Um, Dr. Scheivel was last in the Malibu Stakes on the same card and was still faster than her in a final time. Uh, than what she had. That was when Flightline won in 121 and 2 um, and just scorched the earth. But even the last place horse who was being eased was faster than Calypso winning the La Brea Stakes. So, yes, grade one winner, but not a great version of that. Uh, Nick brings up the four skinny dip. Ray Lou Gutierrez is a jockey that we love to play on this circuit. And even now when he goes uh, to bigger tracks now, Mike, uh, neither of us used the four, but did you consider at least like Nick did? Yeah, four was my my third horse here. Uh, so if I went okay. three deep, I would use the four. Uh, this is second out as a five year old. The horse improved nicely in the four year old season. Came back uh, first off of, off the layoff and, and ran on the turf at fairgrounds in a relatively tough race. Faced Lez, who is an absolute win machine. You go back to some of the dirt races, and they do fit. I mean, you've got that hundred thousand dollar non winners of one allowance at Churchill. My big concern is is the horse when on dirt is undefeated in the slop. And winless on a fast track. And that, to me, was the difference here. It's going to be hot. It's going to be sunny all three days, uh, Saturday, Sunday, and Monday at, at Lone Star. So you're not going to get any rain. And when you have a horse that's 3 for 3 in the mud and 0 for 5 in the fast track, that's where I start to get a little concerned. I also don't think Skinny Dip is as fast as our Iris Rose, so I don't think Skinny Dip can wire the field. And when you combine those two things, it made me lean away from using Skinny Dip Dip and keeping this this just a little bit short of a race. My ticket's $64. If you wanted to add the four, you could, mm -hmm. but bump it up to, what is that? So 48, my 64, they bump it up to a little over 100 bucks, 108. So it would get a little more expensive if you wanted to add the four here. For me, I'm just going to go one five, try and get through this leg cheap, and then have a little bit of coverage later. For those of you watching, uh, when wondering, Mike was thinking aloud. He wasn't actually asking me to do math because he knows better than that. Second leg <laughs> of the All Stakes Late Pick 5 at Lone sure. Star Park on Monday, May 30th. Race 9, the Spitestown Sprint Stakes for nine older males going six furlongs on the dirt. Asmussen Elliott, they have the long shot boulder on the rail at 15 to 1. He's the long shot, Mike, because I think he's a turf horse, but he's here because why the hell not? Uh, you and I, I went too deep, and we have agreement on both of those. Who's your top pick? Yeah, well, first off, it's interesting. Uh, Asmussen has uh, Castiello, Castello, who's riding a lot of his horses here, actually gets the better one in this spot, and I believe the better one later again. So uh, not sure kind of how that whole Elliot thing, because Elliot's usually the A jockey, but I like some other Asmussen's that Elliot did not pick up them out in other races. So I have to kind of keep an eye on that. My top pick is a seven horse, uh, Mr. Moneybags. I, I thought he made a ton of sense in this spot. Uh, absolutely loves Lone Star. One win in three races, but has two seconds as well. Loves the distance. Seven win in 13 tries with four seconds as well. I like the fact that this is a horse with tactical speed. Doesn't need the lead. If he gets it, great. But if, if he doesn't get it, he's able to win from just off the pace. Uh, coming in in great form. So four starts here in the six-year-old cycle. Two wins, two second places. Just missed by a neck out last time. Now, yeah, he's been a pretty heavy favorite. Um, in three of those four races. And so you kind of expect him to do well, but I think he's well spotted here. Uh, this race didn't come back all that tough in my mind. Um, and it, if you run back to really three of those last four races, I think those efforts are good enough to win. So I'm going to start out with the seven horse, uh, Mr. Moneybags on top. Unpopular opinion. I'm taking a shot against the Texas spread. A lot of those wins came against Texas spread company, and he did run well in some open company races, even when losing to Greeley and Ben. That's a good horse to be losing, especially as a Texas spread. Um, I'm going to take a shot against him here. Uh, locals, I'm so sorry. Don't hate me for it. Uh, also, three to one. Uh, I, I went kind of chalky with this sequence, Mike, so so I went a little cheaper for my ticket. So I left him off. My top pick is one that you used as well as the six. It makes sense at five to one. I think this horse is in form and improving second off the bench. Keeps the jockey, uh, same jockey Alvarez from the last two starts. Uh, but you see the, the horse that... Um, but he beat last time out. Has already come back and won Emerald Forest. Uh, faced a good stakes horse, Frosted Grace, three back who won. Uh, has been keeping good company. Hasn't been you know in the winner's circle a ton, but five of the seven career wins are at this distance and, and really does seem to love the distance a lot here. Um, so I, I like this horse a lot moving forward. What do you think about him? 
Uh, I, this is my third pick in the race. I think he makes okay. a ton of sense. Probably has to run that same race back or improve a little bit, which it gets a little dicey when you run a career best to, to debut at seven years old uh, or to debut off, come off the layoff at seven years old. So a little concern he can't repeat that race, but if he is able to, it should be good enough to win. I like the five to one price. I think you're going to get every bit of that on race day. So I, I thought the six made quite a bit of sense. A second pick for me was on the outside, the nine horse pain. This is one of those where if you go back and you look at the races in the Chad Brown horse, this this horse is by far the best horse in this field. I don't think the Hooper was as bad as it looks on paper. That was Speaker's Corner, Fearless and Officiating, who absolutely ran out of their skin. Payne chased those three and just faded. There's there's really no I, I don't I'm not going to take anything away from him there. Comes back and runs a pretty good effort at a monster number, 69 to 1. But if you go back and watch that race, it's actually a lot better than even what it says on paper. Uh, he was on the inside. He hopped at the start, got off to a terrible start, had to then rally around the field, didn't get the trip he wanted at all. Now we're flipping it and breaking it from the outside with tactical speed. I think the nine pain gets a lot better trip here. And if we can improve off that last race, which is, again, a logical improvement spot here, second off the layoff, I think pain makes a, makes a ton of sense. So I'm going to start out with the seven, nine, and the six. I ended up going four deep. Did you use the nine horse? Yep, this is my other horse. Uh, you know, for horses who's only been in two stakes races before, he's got a hell of a back class of you see who he's, uh, who he's been facing here and, and the, the quality of, uh, of competition. Um, Chessmaster was the horse that we just talked about uh, on Monday's show. We raced yesterday, or was supposed to race it yesterday at Cater. I don't know if he actually ended up going in and run out, but um, can't remember. That was already last night. Uh, but yeah, the horse even had that really nice work a- after um, the poor effort going seven furlongs. You see that, you know, 47 flat work at Keelan. All right, horse is still good. Let's go. Two for three at the distance. Love it. Um, your fourth horse is somebody that's uh, being talked about in the chat here. Go mention him. Yeah, I'm going uh, McCroon is my the last horse I'm going to add on the ticket here. It's the other Steve Asmussen in this spot. Um, I, I thought this horse, again, makes a ton of sense. It's a four-year-old who seems to be taking some nice steps forward. Uh, it's a son of Frosted, stands for 20000 sold for 210000 and seems to really start to have come into his own. Just kind of seeing some slight improvement, slight improvement, slight improvement. The horse loves hitting the board. Uh, he's mm-hmm. hit the board in his last seven efforts now, I think it is. Uh, or six of his last seven. Uh, one, two, three, seven. Yeah, last seven efforts. Has hit the board in every single one of them. And has faced fairly good company as well. Um, those are not, like when you're an optional 50000 and NX2, $100,000 allowances at Oakland. Those are pretty good fields generally. And that's that's consistently what he saw. Horses like Jalen's Journey, Heart Rhythm, uh, multiple winners. So I think that he's been facing some pretty good horses. I like the fact that Ashton bumps him up to the stakes level here, but does it at a smaller race course where you're not getting quite the same level of competition for an overnight stakes. I think you're also going to sit a pretty nice trip here where McCroon's going to be able to sit right off the speed and has a very good closing kick when he is able to stay close. Um, I also like the fact that when you take out the wet races, and I realize you know there's one of his sloppy races is actually pretty good, the other one he won on it. But if you take those two out and you just focus on the fast ones, his buyers can consistently kind of take a little bit of step up, a little step up, a little step up. So I think the horse is going to do well on the track or over a fast track again on Monday. Um, and honestly, like this one, I don't have a huge opinion between the four, six, seven, and nine. I think all four are fairly close in my mind. So I want a little more coverage in this spot. Hopefully we can just get through this leg. Boy, the four to me just feels like he's going to hit the board with a really great effort. He's one of those horses that if you owned him, boy, you'll love him. Because he, he since he, I mean, since he broke his maiden, seven starts back. Every he's hit the board every time. It's like the light bulb went off that race, and you see it happen with horses, and it's great. Um, I don't want to play him here at seven to two, though. You make a great point. It's not like he went to uh, to Churchill or to Belmont or to you know a bigger track. They went to Lone Star for this. Where there's you know bigger horses coming in here than Lone Star usually gets, but it's still. It's still Lone Star, so uh, I don't hate you with that one. Uh, let's move on. Third leg of the All-Stakes Late Pick 5 at Lone Star Park on Monday, May 30th. Race 10 is the Ouija Board Distaff Stakes. I love that name. Uh, for nine older Phillies and Mares going a mile on the turf, our only grass race, I believe, in this sequence, Mike. There is no Asmussen because you know, we're on the grass, so where are you going to go on top? Oh, well, I chalked out. Um, Park Avenue, the nine's Lone Speed. Park and Avenue if we run back to that turf race is the best turf horse in this field. And it's tough for me to get around a load speed. Who is the best turf horse, especially like when you go through this and you're like, Oh, well, some other horses have speed. No one has speed like park Avenue does. I mean, you, you got some of these races where you're seeing 22 and change, uh, 22 and change 46 and change opening half miles and going wire to wire. No one can do that in this one. And like, it's just for me, I, I'd love to get around the nine here. I really would. 
I looked at the seven Avenue de France. I thought that horse was a little bit interesting. I thought about the six Island hideaway. I thought about the two Shirley's temple, but we talk about this a lot on the show. When the best horse also has a pace advantage, it's pretty tough to beat that horse. And, and I don't want to spend too much money on this sequence if I feel like this horse is pretty tough to beat and I'm not going to go seven, nine, because that seems like it's really foolish um, because the seven and the nine are going to be the two shortest prices in this field. So if I did try and beat the nine, I'd probably do it with a two or six, but to me, park Avenue wires this field and it's probably not even gonna be that close. Well, screw you. I'm going seven, nine here. Nine was my top <laughs> pick in the race. Uh, you forgot to mention the best part. Who's riding him? Hall of Famer Victor Espinosa yeah. is riding Park Avenue for the first time. He's in town to ride a few for John Sadler. Um, yeah, I agree with you. At, at everything about that turf debut makes you go, oh, wow, that's pretty great. If you go back to the Los Al race um, last December, which it, Los Al is a track that you say a lot of times plays favorably to turf courses. I mean, that was uh, beat 10 horses going a mile, uh, was drawn outside going a mile, two turns at Los Al, and won by five lengths. It was my little notes after that race were stakes caliber winning efforts. So uh, we haven't seen her do it on the dirt in those three tries. Hey, let's give it a shot on the turf here. Uh, a great spot for the horse. As far as the 7 Avenue de France, I can't ignore, first of all, it's a three-time stakes winner. But you've got the French connection. You've got Florent Giroux riding for Leonard Powell. Uh, this horse is 5 for 17 on grass, uh, 10 for 17 in the money. It, it does very well at the distance, but if your, ho- if the, your horse, if our horse, the 9, uh, does get pushed a little bit, say from the one pretty in pink, um, who, you know, two back w- was, you know, d- didn't, was setting the league going a little slower than they probably will do, but if you look even further back at Canterbury last summer, was able to attend faster paces. Uh, that horse, if, if you, they think their one shot is for her to win is to go try and go gate to wire, and she ends up pushing the nine too much, the seven to me is the best closer. Yes, it's eating chalk, but my ticket's also a lot cheaper than yours. Yeah, it's true. I mean, to me, the nine, the, pro- the seven, the problem is like, let's say the one goes, the nine mm-hmm. can sit outside the one and still win this race fairly easily. And so I, I don't see that as like, a huge issue from a just a, a pace perspective there. The problem with the seven for me is a mile is almost a little too short and the horse is going to have to come from way back. And if you watch Lone Star, especially when the turf's firm and there hasn't been much rain. And by the way, it's, mm-hmm. it's like 90 today. It's going to be 93 <laughs> over the weekend. Good luck trying to close <laughs> eight to 10 lengths. It's just, it doesn't happen. And so if they go 47 and the seven horse is sitting six, eight lengths back, it would take a Herculean effort to be able to run down the horse in the lead. And that's, that's it, to me, it's just this, this race doesn't set up well for Avenue de France. And I, I can't swallow five to two in a race. I think sets up poorly for a horse that's going to play against the track bias. Uh, so let's say the track bias plays up that way. One horse that it considers who Nick says, uh, is the four lavender who, uh, I, Remember still being in California. I really thought it was not that long ago, but it was last year. Uh, but very familiar with her. Uh, what do you think of her as an outside long shot at 15 to 1? I think she'd get a piece. Um, but like, I think it's going to be tough for her to be able to win. She'd have to run a career best effort and take a monster step forward. But you go back and you, like, you look at the mile race on January 15th over Sam Houston's turf course, attended a pace of 46 and 3 and was able to open up and win pretty easily. However, that was $30,000 N2X at Sam Houston on January 15th. That's not a multiple hundred thousand dollar stakes race on the turf and Lone Star's <laughs> biggest day we have horses shipping in right so waters get a little bit deeper here um I, I think it'd be pretty tough for lavender to be able to take a big enough step forward to make some noise to me if you want to take a price i think the price is the two horse shirley's temple who has two straight wins over this lone star park turf course clearly running the best of best of her life she's a four-year-old by temple city who generally get a little bit better as they go mindy willis is one of the better trainers down there at uh, at, at lone star you get uh elliot to ride the horse he's had some success on this horse including three wins over uh over the over a turf course in texas so understands how to be able to get this horse home um you also have that nice step forward the last two right where you've got buyers that are at least within range of the the top horses you've got an 85 on the page two back you've got a horse that's able to sit tactically and be able to make a move so if i would take if i'm taking a shot against the nine i would actually take it with the two who has a little more tactical speed than the seven let's move on the penultimate leg mike it is derby time the penultimate leg of the all stakes late pick five the texas derby race 11 you've got a field of eight three-year-old colts and geldings going one and one sixteenth miles on the dirt and good news asmussen and elliott they're back on the four king ottoman at 15 to one he is a maiden 
uh, facing this race. But hey, you look at who's the favorite. Five to two on AP Secret. Cover me up at three to one. You think if that's who the favorites are, or Strike Hard, who's a one-turn horse, why not? We'll take a shot with the maiden. Mike, who's your top pick? Uh, well, the maiden's actually my second pick in here. I love these last two races. I think these last two races are wonderful betting races. You can find some interesting prices. I'm going to spread in both of these to try and be able to, to get something something bigger home here. My top pick is going to be the seven cover me up. So I'm going to start out here with a three to one shot who I think should be the favorite. I'm surprised AP Secret is the favorite. Um, cover me up is your speed. Horse is going to be able to get to the lead. Uh, Baltus is bringing this horse in from Churchill Downs. If you note. Last time, the horse we lost to was Creative Minister. The time before that, Ironworks. Time before that, Loudmouth. These are some of the better three-year-olds that you've seen. Um, if we can take a step forward off that last race at Churchill, Cover Me Up is awfully dangerous here and kind of takes away some of the better parts of AP Secret's game because Cover Me Up is inside, going to be a little faster. That puts AP Secret behind the eight ball a little bit. Um, a strike Hard, who wants to be a little bit more forwardly placed, especially going a mile 16th probably in this spot to me, is going to have to take take a little more pace pressure. Same with the presidential, who's the three horse. So I think the seven has a tactical edge on a couple in this field, which like make which gives that horse a, a significant advantage in my mind over the other horses that are shorter prices, which is why I'm kind of taking a couple shots here. But to me, cover me up should be able to get to the front and could be awfully dangerous taking this field gate to wire if he's able to get comfortable out there. My top pick in this race, number seven, cover me up three to one. Yeah. Um, how is Richard Baltus allowed to run? Well, it's not a Stronach track, so I guess that's okay, though apparently there's uh, footage video footage that was incriminating enough to kick him off, and Baltus, who is a very opinionated person, didn't make a single peep. So, hey, we're still at Lone Star Park, horse racing, right? Um, I love this horse. You brought up that he was a really good second to create a minister last out against this field. It's pretty much all I need to know. My other horse, Mike, is the one that you're using, the Maiden King Ottoman, second up for you as well. Uh, you kind of look at this and go, why is he in this race when Asmussen's got Presidential, the three-horse, who's been brought along, you know, nicely, patiently. You can tell probably a little bit more of a, a project horse. Um, but, you know, the, after the LeCompte, they're like, eh, a little too much too soon. But, you know, they're bringing him along slowly. You think maybe that's a good spot. No, King Ottoman is here as a maiden, but he faced Western River, who was a pretty good third in the Peter Pan Stakes and might be going off to the um, uh, Belmont Stakes. You've got Ryder Special, who won next out from that. They're keeping good company, but he's also bred to get better as they go longer and as he gets older. And again... This is not a great field. Like, I really no, I'm mean, not surprised. Not a bunch of world beaters here. And, and we've taken a step forward in all three of those races, gotten better and better and better. This is a curling out of a tappet mare. So this horse is, is bred regally and should really be able to handle the, the distance as it gets longer here. Uh, debuted at two turns, which is awfully tough to do. Comes back again at two turns. Has Rosario twice, which is Asterson's main jockey in general. So the fact that Rosario was riding this horse, I think, is a positive for King Ottoman. And I mentioned that the seven wants to go. The eight wants to go. The one is going to be close to the pace. The three is going to be close to the pace. King on him is tactical speed and has a later kick. Last race, especially if you go back and you watch that, kind of everything went wrong and congressmen looked good winning. Um, so I, I think that last race actually comes back pretty good. Uh, you had some some tra tra bleh, you had some trip issues um, specifically at the start for King Ottoman in that race. I think if we can get out of the gate a little bit smoother, we're going to get the right setup here. He can come from off the pace and be able to make some noise. Uh, next horse that I use is actually the two horse win the day. Uh, so this one's coming in for Doug O'Neill was in the Santa Anita Derby last time out just way over its head. I mean, it tried to tried to chase Taiba and Messier a little bit, made a middle move, then completely fell off that race. I don't think that he necessarily wanted a mile and eighth. I think this mile and 16th distance is about as far as you want to go. But I do like the fact that we decided, okay, we're going to take this horse. We're going to bring him here. We're going to put him in a little bit again, back into a stakes company after that grade one Santa Anita Derby. If we can continue to improve off that race two back, I think the numbers fit. And again, I think this pace is going to be pretty quick. And I wouldn't be shocked if the two is one of those horses that's able to pick that pace up. So if I'm coming to play who I believe is the best speed horse in the seven, I want to play the four and the two, who I think are the two best horses coming from off the pace in this spot. Mike, you made a big mistake. You've made a big mistake twice. It's a derby. Sonny Leone is on a long shot. You left him off once. Don't do it again. He's riding Fowler Blue for Doug O'Neill. You picked the wrong O'Neill. Put Sonny Leone on. I added Sonny Leone's horse to my ticket. So I went back and singled the nine last race from the turf. Uh, I realized after listening to you, I was like, yeah, I should just single the nine uh, in that spot. I added the five. So I'm going to go three deep here. I'm adding Fowler Blue. Listen, I like that we're adding the blinkers. 
It's a horse that uh, Luis Mendez trained for a while. I know that they thought uh, quite highly of him. Um, they tried getting him on the Derby Trail. Didn't quite work. They had a lot of uh, high opinions of this horse before. My friend, Brad, owns this horse. Sent him to Doug O'Neill. He's had good experience sending horses to O'Neill after Mendez in the past. So um, give me Sonny Leone at 80-1 to 1 in or thereabouts in the Texas Derby. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, this is the wedding funeral, man. You missed the wedding on Sun Leone. Why attend the funeral here when he when he comes in sixth here? You want to go heads up? I'll take one O'Neill versus the other. No, come on. You always no. You it's the opinions. Texas Derby. Let me enjoy my eighty to one Kentucky Derby winning jockey uh, and cheer him home. Thank you, Luis. Thank you, Luis. Gets it. Let's just cheer on Sonny Leone, you know, now that he's back off suspension again. It's great to see. I just, I love your, your big opinions. They won't even back up with 20 bucks for a case of beer. I just, I love the fact that, that, that that's, uh, that's how fast you fade away Listen, from these, these monsters. You know opinions. how expensive and how hard to find formula is. I can't be out here risking baby food right now. Listen. Okay. Formula, I'll, throw a baby, I'll, I'll throw formula at, at you for, for a case of claws. We'll go, we can, we can do that if you want. Oh, gotta love it. Uh, gotta wow. love it. Neither of us using the eight AP secret before we move on. Uh, to me, I think five to two on this horse is, is way too short of a price to take in this spot. Yeah, I mean, this is this is uh, the, the wood momentum, right? I mean, it's just because he ran in the wood, you're seeing a morning line that I think is not even close to accurate to what this horse could actually do. So, yeah, I, I think that you're going, the horse is going to get bet because you're going to see early voting. You're seeing O'Donnell in that line. And I don't necessarily think this horse is very good. I also hate the post. You're the far outside from a speed perspective. So either you're gunning it and you're going to quit or you're going to have to try and stalk, which you're not very good at. So I think that's not the greatest spot for AP Secret to be in. Um, I also use the one-horse strike hard, by the way, who I think oh, has sorry. <laughs> uh, has some talent. I, I, I think this is the best horse to be able to sit behind the pace. So if we do see the three, the seven, the eight, I'll go. The one sits right behind the pace. And I think strike hard could pick him up around the turn. Uh, it's been in a bunch of tough races, has some good finishes behind horses that I respect. So I ended up going one, two, four, seven and use the correct O'Neal. And Asterson. You want to go heads up, strike hard versus Fowler Blue? Sure. So here's the issue with strike hard. Three times he's tried going around two turns. Seventh beaten six and three quarter. Fourth beaten six and a half to Classic Causeway. And then seventh beaten eight and a quarter uh, in the Florida Derby. Um, he just is not a two-turn horse. And to me, that's – I'm not actually going to go heads up with you. I'm just trying to make a point. To me, I, at four to one especially <laughs> – But you offered I it. I said yes. He's – He's, he's a one-turn horse, Mike. He's a one-turn horse. Send him to the Woody Stevens. I bet he'd be really great in the Woody Stevens I don't at a price. To me, this so is question, a bad spot. Question. You think Classic Cosley wouldn't win this race by six lengths if he was in it? No. He's with Kenny McPeak now, didn't you hear? Okay, well, Classic Cosley that ran at Tampa, uh, if, if he ran this race, if, if Classic Cosley replicated that Tampa race, he wins this race by 15. Yeah, but he's with Kenny McPeak now. That's the problem. Uh, me, 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 me. Do you want to play him at four to one with Kenny McPeak? That's not no. even the question. You're no, asking you just a bunch not. of random questions. You won't even you won't even do the bet. You said, "Do you want to do this heads up?" I said, "Yes," and you're like, "No, I'm just kidding. I don't really want to do it." Killing. <laughs> Doctor Tain says things got serious. We're talking about baby formula here. All right, Mike. Final lock of the All Stakes Late Pick Five at Lone Star Park on Monday, Memorial Day, May thirtieth. The headlining event, the Grade Three Steve Sexton Mile Field of Ten Older Males, going two turns on the dirt. Big race, big prize. Who you got on top? Ooh, I went with Rated R Superstar, the one horse on top. Give me that 10 to 1 morning line price here for a horse that I think it's an absolute perfect setup in this spot. Uh, I, I, this race last year, there was not that much speed. This race this year, holy biscuits, a lot of horses want to go. Um, and, and I think it's going to set up well for horses that want to come from off the pace. Rated R Superstar has a win at a mile, has been able to be successful against some pretty good horses. I think that, that the 10 to 1 price is wild to me. I'm shocked that this horse is 10 to 1. I, I, I like yeah. went through this. And I, I like this. I, I would be happy to get 5 to 1 here on Radar Superstar. Makes a ton of sense in this spot. I like the cutback to a mile. Uh, has run mile seven times, hit the board four of those seven times. And like I said, like we're going to talk about the five elector. We're going to talk about the six Mish and how horrible that is a pick if you did pick it. We're going to talk about the eight Shaz. This this pace is going to be hot. Like It's going to be heated up there. I think this is going to set up for someone to come off the pace. I think Radar Superstar is the best horse who's able to do that. Uh, second pick, partially because how is he 10 to 1? I'm with you. I'm like, this know. horse should be about 5 to 1 was my guess. Um, here's the thing with Radar Superstar. Great race. F- terrible. Great race. Terrible. 
Well, we're on the upswing here, Mike. Uh, you're getting a good price on a horse that it really is battle-tested, and when he gets the right trip, um, which you can trust Ray Lou Gutierrez is going to be able to give it to him. Uh, Oakland's kind of a quirky track, and he does like it there, but it's also, you know, with the way how short the stretch can be with the turns, it's a little weird. You know, we come back to Lone Star, or he comes to Lone Star where he's never been before, but he's done very well in the Texas and Southwest circuits for almost seven years now. Yeah. By the way, go back and look who this horse faced uh, earlier. He faced Nyquist in the Breed. Cup juvenile. That's how old. Like Nyquist is on what his eighth cycle of what, children right now. <laughs> and you say great race, bad race, but the last eight races, his worst buyer is an eighty-nine, which isn't bad at all. And in right. two thousand and twenty-one and two thousand and twenty-two, this horse has earned almost seven hundred fifty thousand dollars. It's pretty darn good. This horse is still in very good form, and I would argue is as consistent as any of the older horses. We're going to talk about two younger horses. They're trying to step up. But yep. of all the older horses, he is the most consistent horse uh, and, and the most successful the last two years. Um, the uh, My top pick, this would be a good one, is not on your ticket. It is a long shot. The four, Sheriff Brown uh, for Todd Fincher. I mentioned this is the uh, older. I think he is the older half-brother to our Iris Rose. Yeah, she's five, he's six. Um, this is a horse that uh, has a, I've always had a lot of uh, – thought had a lot of potential he did get that really nice win at Sunland two back going a mile and an eighth he does like the distance uh six for 14 uh he's 12 for 14 in the money um 11 for 14 first or second there uh you know the, the race last time out when he was going a mile i know where this is a mile again but um i'm gonna blame uh luzzy for that one uh it says unhurried just kind of let him hang back and, and if you're going a mile at lone star you can't do that we're gonna get a different jockey here in goncalves uh who is two for three for fincher um has one win in one mount so far here so i'm gonna use him i really love this horse and i love 12 to 1 um why didn't you use him love the works uh but i don't see a single race on the page that wins this race that was my biggest issue i don't think that and that's you know and we're going back one two three four about 12 races here not yeah. one of them wins this race and, and you can make an argument well the pacific classic number wins the race well the pacific classic number is ridiculous like yes. they went a mile and a quarter and you see the other horses in there that's just a, a classic inflated number you see the horses that were third through ninth in that race, sir. You watch your mouth on the runner-up. <laughs> yeah, that's fine. Whatever. Uh, but, like, the, the, the 95 buyer comes back. That's just not accurate. And then the, the number last time, the Sexton Mile, which is really the race you could point to, ends up running third to Mo Mesa, CZ Rocket, and Silver Prospector. Like, eh, I mean, that, that would be the other one. And I'd rather have Silver Prospector, the 10, which I'm going to use, than the four Sheriff Brown. So, to, to expect this horse to run its best effort in the last 13 races as a, a six-year-old here, just to me, the, the price doesn't necessarily line up. Although I like the fact that you're getting a closer. Uh, I don't hate the 12 to one price, but I just, I would rather take other horses who I think are, are a little more attractive on the price side. My second pick, my other must use is Elector here, the five horse who I, I feel like Sadler shipped out specifically for this race. Um, I think this is your speed of the speed. I think Elector gets the lead, and it's it's a come and get me. I think there's going to be quite a bit of pace pressure. I mean, I mentioned Mish, uh, and I mentioned Shaz, who are the, the six and the eight horse, who both have speed. Both will probably go. I am not going to use either of them um, because I feel like Elector is the only horse that could take this field gate to wire. I think both Mish and Shaz are horses that are going to burn each other up. So um, I, I like the five horse. I like his chances stretching out here. I love Constitution. Miles should hit him right between the eyeballs. This is your fastest horse. Um, and I was expect I would expect is going to be the one that gets the lead going into the first turn. Uh, I did use Electra. I hate the price, but it's hard to ignore Sadler, like you said, sending these horses out. Victor riding for him. Uh, all signs seem to be go for him. He's bred to handle. Excuse well, this me. is bred interesting. Stretching out to two turns. What did you say? Uh, this is, so Luis just said, I'm sure you all know this, but the five Electra didn't make the trip scratched. I've not heard that yet. So if that's <laughs> accurate, that, that changes things up a little bit here. But uh... I also love, I'm sure you all know, but as we're talking about the horse. <laughs> uh per drf awesome well uh shoot um you know what let's talk about you talk about the 10 i'm gonna look this up real quick i'm sure it's right i, I you know Luis doesn't have any, never comes in here and lies before um but let's talk about the 10 horse silver prospector third on the card for me uh your thoughts 
Yeah, look, Silver Prospector, I think, is interesting, especially if you like rated our superstar. Um, the, the race three back against Olympiad was a monster race. The horse ran really well going a mile and a 16th in the mineshaft grade three race. Mm-hmm. I think you're getting a little bit of a, a cutback here from a, a talent perspective, just a little easier field than what he faced uh, specifically two and three back um, in the Oaklawn mile and then the, the mineshaft. The mild distance, a little bit of concern for me, 0 for 5 at it. That's really my biggest question mark with Silver Prospector. But I like the fact that this horse has tactical speed and some ability to kick. I also like the fact that we get Stuart Elliott aboard. So I think the 10 is really interesting at a, at a 12 to 1 price and should sit a fairly good trip here in this spot. Um, for me, the other horse that I thought was interesting was the seven horse popular kid who's sitting on the board at 15 to 1. This is another horse where I look back and you have certain races that fit here. So the horse is six for 23 at the distance. Love that. We're, we've run at Lone Star twice. One win, one second, uh, including a very nice number here going a mile over this dirt course. I, I like the fact that last time out we faced Tut's Revenge. We saw come back and win last time. This horse seems to be in really good form right now. Um, I, I expect that you're going to get a nice setup. And again, this is a horse that can sit right behind the speed and pounce. So with both the seven and the 10, I'm looking for horses that can stalk and then be able to close and try and get the job done. Uh, I, yes, uh, Luis is correct. Uh, Mary Rampolini had a story that, uh, yeah, Elector did not make the trip. The other Sadler horses did, but Elector is going to stay home. The Triple Bend Stakes on Saturday at San Anita Park going seven furlongs grade two is where he's likely headed. And, hey, if Flight Line was in your barn is not going to that race, then, you know, I think that's pretty much up for you to take there. Um, the seven popular kid, Cal Bred, uh, one that I'm familiar with another. I'm like, oh, yeah, he's, he's, he's here now. Okay. Um, if you like graded our superstar, you know what? With the scratch of the five, I'm going to add him in because I, th- I did kind of like him a little bit. So um, I'll go ahead and add him back in here. Uh, rated our superstar. You brought up a lot of great points about, or I'm sorry, uh, <laughs> Silver Prospector. Looked at the wrong one. Uh, Silver Prospector, you brought up a lot of great points. Um, let's talk about six, Mish, because mm-hmm. I did use, you didn't, uh, to me. Now, does your opinion on Mish change now that Elector is out? Let me throw that back at you. No, not even close. Okay. So the, my problem with Mish is the two races that put him in the, the contention here are the last two races, right? And both of those races are one turn miles, not mm-hmm. two turn miles. Um, and, and so, and you know, I love me some C2 racing, so bummed to, to, to knock him here. But like the fact that you had one turn mile wins and then you're stepping up here into a two turn mile and your price is short and you're not the fastest horse, right? No chance Mish gets the lead here because of both Shaz and Flash of Mischief, who are both faster than him on the outside. I think both have to send from those spots. It just puts Mish in a completely new spot. And, and like, uh, those two races, so he's won three in a row, but the one three back was at six furlongs against state bred optional 12,000, right? Then this last race here was in, the two back was a mile allowance, $25,000, beat Embrace My Uncle and Chucky, not great horses, right? And then we come back and we run in the last race, optional 25,000, and we destroyed Disc Jockey and Hercules. Again, someone who follows Gulfstream they would be rolled in this field. So the waters get a lot deeper. You have some buyers that look inflated to me. It's a one-turn mile at Gulfstream, not two turns. There's just so much for me to try and get past. And then you have seven to two. And then you have Safi outside of Florida. And you have all these other things that kind of add up to me that make it really hard for me to play Mish. All good points. Um, I think especially now with Elector out, there's one less pace horse in there that it's going to make it easier for him, less of a pace duel. Um, Edwin Gonzalez came out with Safi uh, for this horse and for a uh, horse in the last race as well. And I think this horse is on an upward trajectory, but I do understand why you want to play against. Um, the Sire Field Commission never raced around two turns. 30 starts, as it was retired at age seven, uh, never once raced around two turns. I was like, I don't know anything about Field Commission. Woodbine horse, one turn. Again, uh, maybe not the best sign. <laughs> Moving forward, uh, do you want to talk about the eight shots? Because neither of us are using them. This is the two to one favorite, and we talked about former Bafferts uh, earlier in the card. So, what do you think about shots? Yeah, so I just adjusted my ticket, so I'm not going to use Elector. And I was between okay. the eight shots and the nine Flash of Mischief. I'm going to use the nine instead of the eight. Um, and so we talked about these Baffert horses, and Shaz was a Baffert horse who's now going to uh, now in this the Sean McCarthy barn. 
They have not been running great since they came back. So that's an obvious concern there. This is one of those horses that was supposed to be really good for Baffert. It was a monster in debut, ran a 105 buyer, looked awesome. Stretches out to seven furlongs, ran second to Disco Ball, who, was, um, uh, who got DQ'd and, uh, because of the interference towards Shaz. And then last time out, went wire to wire going a mile. That mile wasn't very fast. They ended up going 137. The final uh, two furlongs were in 27 seconds, which is really slow. So the source went 110 and then 137. It's just not that quick. Um, the buyers have been decreasing for this horse essentially since that victory. We've not been able to get back to that number. Now we're switching barns. Now we're shipping, doing all these other new things. To me, that the two to one price is just tough to swallow. I would much rather play the nine flash of mischief who I just added to my ticket. Who's right outside as the speed horse that could try and wire this field. Why? Well, this horse is setting up for this race. Broberg does well in these type of spots. Uh, second off the layoff, he's 20%. This horse had a very good Ohio Derby against Warrant last year, ran well in the Delta mile, was able to win that, um, taking the field gate to wire, almost gate to wire, essentially ran well in the poinsettia, uh, ended up running third in that spot, uh, going a mile 16th at Oakland. But this is second off a layoff, second out as a four-year-old. This is a logical time for this horse to take a monster step forward. And if we approve off of those numbers that we saw late last year, all of a sudden the nine flash of mischief fits. I don't necessarily know that the flash of mischief needs the lead. He's been able to win from right off it. So he could sit right outside of Shazaz or Shaz or could absolutely take it to Shaz and try and go to the lead. I like his versatility more than Shaz. I love his price at 12 to 1 more than Shaz at two to one and Eckleberry and Broberg are sneaky good, uh, especially at these smaller tracks. I, uh, I went back and forth about flash of mischief and, um, yeah, I mean, you could use him there. I think he falls in that pile of a lot of these horses that you can make a good case for it. And how deep do you want to go? Um, if I went all in this race, my ticket's only $54. So if you, you know, if you feel like this is a race where, yeah, there's a good price or flash of mischief or losing three to one elector, you know, it's going to screw up a lot of these morning lines. So you don't know what price you'll get on it. You can hit the all button there. Um, but we definitely, uh, we definitely have a few horses we like here at prices. Mike, it's gonna be an exciting addition to Steve Sexton mile. I'm really excited for it. Yeah, these last two races are great betting races. I mean, these are wonderful races to finish tournament up with as well. I mean, Lone Star's win play show exactly that is it. Um, and you have to bet your entire bankroll in the first half of the card and then half of whatever you have left in the last half of the card. The last two races wow. generally will, yeah, it's great. You have to bet 2,500 bucks in six races. That's how they do it um, in the first half of the card, then half of what you got left. So these last two races will be keys and they're wonderful betting races. So I'm, I'm excited to kind of play this thing and see where these odds shake out. And with Elector out, it's really going to shuffle this odds board too. I wouldn't be shocked if Shaz goes off at, at you know, six to five, seven to five, something like that. I think it's awfully vulnerable at that price. That's going to do it for this episode of the Magic Mike Show as I stumble over the word episode, not the word I thought I would stumble on. Thanks so much for joining Mike and I covering Lone Star Park's uh, Monday late pick five sequence. The reason we did a pick five, 15% takeout. It is a much higher for the pick four. And we talk about it all the time. We try to support the smaller tracks on their big days with these low takeouts. That's why we did Canterbury yesterday. Sorry about the weather. Um, if you played uh, the ticket that I had put out there, it, it cashed for, I think, a 7%. ROI? Yeah, it returned $48, I think, yeah. If you played my ticket from the podcast, it cashed for a buck because I both of my horses hey. scratched the first leg into the favorite. <laughs> hey, now that's that. Hey, listen, that's how we do it. Look, Canterbury will be back. We promise. It was a lot of fun covering it. Um, we will do the pick five next time because we kind of screwed that up. So maybe maybe the weather was like, listen, guys, you screwed up. We're just going to literally wash this away uh, and worry about it later. But hey, we're still focused on Lone Star Park. Our tickets are down below. Before you leave, hit subscribe and give us a like on the video. We appreciate it. But my ticket, uh, as I've been adjusting on the fly for 50 cents, start off 1-5 with 6-9, singling the 9, 4-5-7, and then 1-4-6-7-10 for $30. Mr. Samich. I'm going to play a 50-cent ticket. I'm going to go 1-5 with 4-6-7-9, with 9, with 1-2-4-7, with 1-7-9-10. And that'll cost you 64 bucks for 50 cents. Oh boy. Uh, listen, we got one more thing to talk about uh, tomorrow, Friday, May 27th. Uh, Blinkers Off is going to be tomorrow instead of tonight uh, because we also have the tournament show. So tomorrow is the Racing Dudes Next Tournament Challenge. I know Davey was in the chat asking about it. I know a lot of the folks that are watching us live right now um, have been in it before. You're going to join us again tomorrow. Mike, just a real quick overview in case someone's listening, you're not sure what it is. Tell them about it. 
Yeah, it's a special tournament for Racing Dude subscribers. So if you're a subscriber to the Sama Bombs, the Rockets, or the Premium Picks, you can jump in on your dashboard. It costs $10 to enter. And uh, Racing Dudes is funding with an extra $150 site credit for whatever subscriber is able to win the tournament and beat the dudes. Uh, we've got four of us dudes who are going to be in it, and dudettes, I should say, as Miranda's joining as well. So it'll be five of us there. Uh, and then we get about you know 25 people or so who all jump in. Uh, there'll be a live show tomorrow that Magic is going to hold down with Jared that closes out the Santa Anita cards. It'll be kind of fun because you can follow that late pick four at Santa Anita as well. Um, and it's a fun way to just kind of get to dip your toes into the tournament scene, uh, have fun with the community, and also see if you can win a, a 150 bucks for a bonus, man. It's it's uh, it's nice because you're putting 10 bucks up. You can win 120 if you win the tournament. And on top of that, the buck 50. So you're getting 27 to one uh, on a shot that's, uh, you know, you got about 24, 25 people in. So a pretty good deal in that sense as well. And you're muted. Still muted. Sorry, didn't realize I was muted. Sorry. I type loudly. I try to be courteous about it. Uh, <laughs> Bree, there we go. Let's try this again. Bree says that she's in. Bree's done very well in this uh, multiple times. Uh, you, God, you're okay, muted. that wasn't me. That wasn't me. It got muted on its own, I swear. Uh, I'm going to put my hands up for the rest of the show. Uh, uh, Manu did I this. You. you son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Manu uh, did so well two tournaments ago that he would have qualified for a BCBC seat or something like that, right? With the, the, yeah. If he had been in the actual tournament with the exact same picks that he played, it would have been a huge prize for him. That's kind of the fun of this too, is it now you see how you do against us. Shit, Manu could have... Sorry about this, Manu, in hindsight, but you should have entered that. Yeah, yeah, we uh, we use the same tournament uh, races as the BCBC, the 15,000, and the NHC. So you can see how you stack up against the people trying to qualify for the main tournaments and for the big bucks. So it's a good way to just kind of, like, again, if you haven't played tournaments before, great way to get involved, check it out, have some fun with it, um, and then get addicted. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, get addicted. It's, it's a big struggle for me. Luckily, I have a, a one-year-old, so it makes it harder for me to, to just get easily distracted, but it definitely could happen to me. Uh, one final note before we go. The Belmont Stakes is coming up. Jared took an early look at who is uh, kind of looking at going into the race right now. Maybe find some prices here. Uh, but then we also have a preview, for, speaking of Belmont. Mike, you previewed the Soaring Softly Stakes, uh, which is a Saturday feature at Belmont. That is a loaded field. For being a grade three, that is a loaded race. It's a lot of fun, man. You got three Clements in there. Um, like Darren A is, is going to be the headliner there, but the other two are not to be played with either. You've got a Wesley Ward coming in. Uh, you got Lone Speed, who I actually think is a shot at winning the race or, or being on top. So kind of went into the whole field, kind of how I think it's going to set up there. But a, a wonderful betting race. We'll see if, if all the Clements end up in. If so, I think the one that can't sell his writing is actually at a price. I think like 12 to 1 or so uh, is interesting underneath as well. So talked a little about uh, who I like on top there. The, the, the super that I would play, the tries that I would play to try and get a little value as well. It's a wonderful, wonderful betting race, though. It's a great one. Go check out that preview over at racingnews.com. And then uh, tomorrow night uh, on Blickers Off, Jared and I are going to be previewing Monday's action at San Diego Park during the Rapid Fire segment in between the tournament races. So it'll be a lot of fun. We'll have previews for that. Enjoy your holiday weekend. Thank you so much for joining us. Make sure you follow us on Twitter. I am at Curtis Kellerward. He is at Summerbomb18, number one, number eight. Corporate Overlords at Race underscore Dudes. Once more, Blinkers off tomorrow at 6 p.m. Central, 7 Eastern, 4 Pacific. So until then, I'm Magic. And I'm Mike. And Carolina is only minus 155 for the series, which is better than the one it started with. So bet the Hurricanes. Bet the Hurricanes. Good luck, Mike, at Lone Star. Start the NHC table, 145 qualifying. Uh, we'll see you next week, Mike. We'll see everybody else on Friday. Take care. We'll see you next this has been a presentation of RacingDudes.com, your destination for all things horse racing and sports betting. Whether you want free winners, expert insider picks, up-to-the-minute trackside weather reports, or podcasts and videos for bettors of all skill levels, never make another wager without visiting the Racing Dudes first. 